Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Now, the Cowboys' crazy season took another major twist Saturday as Texas dominated OSU 49-21 in the Big 12 championship game. Cowboys really looked overmatched in this one, and now OSU manages the always volatile transfer portal and finishes off a high school recruiting class, all the while preparing for the Texas Bowl December 27th against Texas A&M. We'll talk about all that and much more, but first we want to thank our sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, NextGen Roofing, Two Fellows Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineups of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move, but we know two fellas that love moving. At Two Fellas Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end at moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Well, Barry, let's uh, talk about the Cowboys and we start thinking about the future after that Big 12 championship game loss, which we'll talk about in a second. But as we think about the future, Ollie Gordon has to be top of mind. The Ollie Gordon watch has started. Do you think OSU has a lot to worry about in terms of their superstar tailback hitting the transfer portal, which opened, by the way, Monday, December 4th? I would always worry about the transfer portal. That's just the, that's just the new wave of, of college football. You've got, uh, you've got superstar players emerge. They've, they've got great opportunity, both uh, competitively and financially. And some stay, some don't. You've always got to worry about it. I've got to believe that OSU, well, I shouldn't say that. OSU should be, uh, this should be priority A, not uh, the incoming transfer guys, not the incoming high school guys, the guys on the roster that uh, made this a special season. And Ollie Gordon is number one on that list. So to me, uh, I think uh, that's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest issue facing the Cowboys this week and next as, as this whole portal thing goes. You wrote about him uh, Saturday, Jack O, after the uh, title game. You didn't get to talk to him. He yeah. was not brought in for interviews. Um, he was pretty emotional during the game, after the game. I can sort of see Cowboys worrying, but I think that's, that's something uh, everyone, including the, uh, the football people in Stillwater, have to worry about. Yeah, and you know, I think after last season, we saw a lot of players leave Oklahoma State who were starters or rotational players. You know, lots of times uh, anymore, you see, uh, you do see those superstars leaving on occasion, of course, but, you know, lots of times the majority of players are guys looking for a better opportunity, go closer to home. Uh, you know, now obviously we've got some chasing NIL. I don't know. I don't know if that will be, uh, you know, I don't know what that number will be for Ollie Gordon. I assume it'll be as big as it can possibly be because he's that good a player. Um, Oklahoma State has done some things to get better in the NIL realm. I don't necessarily know that they're at the level of some of the uh, blue blood type programs. So 
even if he doesn't enter the portal, I'm sure a program that is interested in him will figure out a way to let him know through back channels what they could offer, what they want to offer, those sorts of things. So I'm sure the money is going to be big. Um, one of the things I will say, Barry, and you, you witnessed this as well as I did, watching Ollie Gordon during the game, before the game, after the game, he looks like a guy who's very much uh, in on the Cowboys. Just his, uh, the way he approaches other players, um, the leadership, the voice that he has amongst guys. Um, you know, I, I feel like that is a good sign for him staying put at Oklahoma State. Um, he talked just a, a week or so ago about the fact that, you know, Texas came in late on him as a recruit. And it was basically, it felt like a, you know, a, um, a stab in the back almost, uh, you know, that they hadn't come on sooner. So you get the feeling like he carries a little bit of that chip on his shoulder that, you know, he doesn't necessarily like that other programs that might have a higher profile didn't want him when he was in high school. So I don't know how that hits now. If those same programs come calling with some gigantic NIL payday, does he still look back and say, well, you didn't want me in high school. Now you want me. So I don't know how his, I don't know what his calculus will be on that, but I know that the Cowboys are going to use him as much as humanly possible next year to run the football. He's going to have every opportunity to uh, surpass what he did this year. There's not going to be any question in the non-conference about who the best player is on this team. He will get tons of carries in the non-conference and conference play. But I mean, I think, like you said, Barry, you have to be mindful of this regardless because that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, the guys like Ollie Gordon are going to get contacted about transferring, about taking money somewhere else. So OSU's got to be on high, high, high alert regarding Ollie Gordon. Now, there's some good news on this front, and that's that Ollie is not a quarterback. You know, <laughs> the quarterback is a, that's the hot button issue going on in terms of player movement. Nebraska coach Matt Rule last week said, that uh, he said, you guys know that quarterbacks are going for a million, a million and a half. Um, I tend to think that's some hyperbole. I tend to think that's actually not true. I tend to think that some of the numbers thrown around are exaggerated and not uh, not confirmed or even uh, even close to the truth. So I don't know that OSU's in a million dollar derby here to to try to keep Ollie Gordon. But I do think there are schools that would pay a lot of money to have a, a tailback of this caliber. He, you know, Ollie Gordon would, he sort of fits like the Alabama mode, right? It looks like, hey, that guy could, that's what Alabama tailbacks look like. And if yep. I'm thinking that, uh, the people in Alabama are thinking it too. So um, it's, it's not something you can just dismiss and say, ah, he's fine. He's not going. But I do think there are signs that, that uh, he does like it in Stillwater, that he feels a part of the program, that he is assuming the leadership role, all those kinds of things. But that's just, uh, you want to play in this game, that's what you got to live with. You know, it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like a date in a supermodel, I guess, or an NFL quarterback. You, you never know what's around the corner. So just get, you know, just get uh, uh, all, your, uh, all your ducks in a row and see what happens. But clearly, Ollie Gordon is central to the Oklahoma State success moving forward. Wonderful season uh, for the Cowboys. Breakout year for Ollie Gordon. I think he's going to be a uh, first-team All-American announced this week. Um, you know, tailback you makes, making a, a comeback. Yeah. But um, 
you know, OSU has that proud tradition and really uh, uh, it's been fortified here in the year of our Lord 2023 by Ollie Gordon. You know, I, I do think another interesting side note to all of this is the fact that, you know, I mentioned a year ago, all those those starters and, and role players or well, not even role players. They were they were regular rotational guys that left, you know. There was some, obviously some internal strife last year and the root of it or what all happened to cause, you know, guys that you knew were going to be starters and, and big time contributors for the Cowboys to leave. That's, you know, we can we can probably guess at it, but I don't sense that same sort of internal unease with the Cowboys this year. I feel like this is more of a situation where you know, we're going to see guys leave because guys always leave. Every team loses players in the portal. But in terms of sort of there being that unease internally and guys trying to get out and do something different, I don't necessarily know that that exists this year. So I don't think that's one of those things that is is a factor, uh, that would be a factor for Ollie Gordon. I also think what happened last year may have taught OSU's staff some some lessons about maybe how they want to do business differently, better this time around. I talked to Casey Dunn extensively after the Big 12 championship game, and he said, you know, the the recruiting window opens uh, for them, and and guys are uh, on their staff that can be out recruiting are all over the place. But Casey Dunn said, I'm going to be in Stillwater on Monday. I want to be available to talk in person, face-to-face with anybody who's thinking about getting in the portal. I want to be able to answer questions for them. I want to be able to talk to them. And frankly, he said, I don't want to have give them the impression that I've already moved on to the next, uh, that I'm already out recruiting that that next crop of Cowboys. He said, I want to be here um, so that they, you know, you got to recruit your own sort of thing. So Maybe there's some lessons learned. I, I don't know. I don't know what your sense is of sort of what the transfer portal time this year could look like for the Cowboys. I don't think it's going to be as detrimental to the program as it was a year ago. No, if you remember last year, the Cowboys lost some guys at this point, first week of December. Then they lost some after the bowl game. Yeah. I remember in particular, Stephon Johnson had the big game against Wisconsin in the bowl game. He's like, hey, breakout star get home from uh, Phoenix and he enters the transfer portal. So it can come now, it can come a month from now. But clearly this OSU team did not have the chemistry issues, lack of chemistry issues that a year ago did. So I would tend to think whatever discontent is 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 evident in Stillwater, it's not as big as a year ago. So and I love what you said about Casey Dunn, the uh the idea that hey Let's let's get everybody settled. Let's get things going. I, I uh, make yourself available to talk. That's not one of Mike Gundy's strong points. To yeah. be frank, as he 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 admits it, he doesn't really um, he he sort of lets players make their own decisions and doesn't. And he says if they're going to go, they're going to go. Well, they're impressionable guys at age twenty, so maybe you ought to start in you know impressing things on their mind. So I like that Casey Dunn's doing that. So that's that's good news. As far as I'm concerned, we'll know more here in the next few weeks. If a guy's really intent, especially proven players, they're probably not going to play in the bowl game if they're going to hit the road. Yeah. Um, so we, we probably will know fairly soon um, what, what the portal is going to do for OSU. And here's the other thing to remember. Dunn also said after the game, Dunn said, we won the portal last year. We looked at all those players they lost, Jabbar Muhammad. Mason Cobb, Thomas Harper, 
Trace Ford, Dominic Richardson, uh, all the receivers. John Paul Richardson, yeah. Spencer Sanders. And he said, yeah, we won the portal. And he listed a bunch of guys that were very good players. Anthony Goodlow coming in, um, the uh, Leon Johnson, uh, Alan Bowman, um, a, lot of good, uh, a lot of good players. I don't think they won the portal. I think they lost the portal, but they did recover nicely. Yeah. Um, but if you don't want to lose the portal, because that's really what can transform a team immediately. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. I think that they did bounce back, obviously making the Big 12 championship game. No question the bounce back was there for the Cowboys. And I think making that championship game also speaks to the improved chemistry internally because there's no way that that team makes the Big 12 championship game after losing to South Alabama, after getting blown out by UCF. No way they make it if internally they're not in a good place. And they obviously did make it now. <laughs> they got blown out. 4921 what what's what's your what's your takeaway from the way that that game went against Texas for Oklahoma State Well I thought it was a shining example of how the Cowboys had a great year living on the edge This was not one of the Big 12's most talented rosters This is not a team with the with the ability of a Texas or an Oklahoma Maybe not even a Kansas State. I'd have to look at that one. Um, they did a lot with what they had. They won a bunch of close games. They made some big rallies. They got up off the mat a couple of times, Central Florida, South Alabama. So it's great that you have the culture, that you can do that. It's great that you have the drive and the, the uh, cohesion to, to sort of stay together and, and, and not give in when things are going rotten. But they also have to upgrade that roster. They got to get better. If they want to be the, you know, the bell cow of the new Big 12, uh, you, it would help if you, had, if you had better talent than everybody, or at least equal talent. So um, I thought it was a really good year for Oklahoma State football, but it, this last game was a warning sign that, hey, you know, the, you, at least Texas is moving on. At least Oklahoma's moving on. You're not necessarily going to be starting from behind. But the talent that maybe Oklahoma State once had, going back to the 11 team or even the 13 team or even the Mason-Rudolph teams, talent has fallen some. They need to get it back up. Yeah, and it's interesting as uh, early signing day approaches here in uh, I think two weeks or so, um, you know, it'll be interesting that high school recruiting is, you know, it's changed obviously with the portal and who they're offering and who, the, you know, who they're taking and all those sorts of things. But obviously, Oklahoma State, you know, has built itself on being a developmental program. They got to go get guys and make them better. And, you know, they, they've got to know, sort of like Ollie Gordon, if they get to be really good, there's a chance that they lose them. But you still have to do that, you know, in pretty strong degree if you want to be great at Oklahoma State. And I think the other thing, what you mentioned, the Big 12, you know, changeover next year, Barry. We, they, they're doing it at a time that we have the 12-team playoff. So if you win the Big 12, that playoff now, that opportunity exists regardless. So uh, Oklahoma State's in a great spot to be at the top of the conference. But then if you do make the playoff, you want to have a chance to compete. So continuing to get better. But I do think that that um, – you said something after uh, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee uh, made its decision. We did a video uh, you can find on selloutcrowd.com. You made a point, Barry, that – 
what Florida State did after they lost Jordan Travis didn't make you think less of him. It made you think more of him. And quite honestly, when you see Oklahoma State against Texas and there's obviously discrepancies in talent and speed and, uh, you know, scheme and all those sorts of things, when you see the discrepancy, you think, they got to the Big 12 title game. Holy cow. I think more of the, the season, obviously not in the moment. You don't like what you're seeing as they get beat down by Texas. But in the moment, you got to step back a second and say, holy cow, this team made it to the Big 12 title game. That's a pretty, pretty awesome accomplishment for uh, for the program. So, you know, the question of, you know, does that loss show how far OSU has to go or does it show how far OSU came? I tend to fall in the category of the latter. I don't know where you fall, but I tend to be impressed that the Oklahoma State was able to get there. It was a wonderful year. I mean, um, especially coming out of September. Nobody, the Big 12, Arlington was the last thing on anybody's mind coming out of September. They opened October playing Kansas State in Stillwater. I don't know what anybody else thought. I thought they'd get beat 52 to 9. I mean, I, I, I thought the team was in tatters. I thought they. They weren't very good. Um, they, they'd been dominated by South Alabama, and there was nothing flukish about it. And you wondered about the future of the program. And from that point on, you know, they just they ran a blitzkrieg through, through October. They beat, beat Kansas, Kansas State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and West Virginia in that, in that month of October. And uh, four of those teams are good teams, uh, in some cases really good teams. And they made, uh, you know, they, they, they put a bunch of bricks in the wall of Oklahoma State football pedigree and what it stands for. And so they re-fortified re the whole image of the program. Yeah, they got pushed around by Texas. They got outmanned by Texas. Um, you know, I wrote after the game, that's the good, the good news is uh, Texas is leaving. That's the end. Of, Texas is out of OSU's hair. It was a little bit of, you know... Cowboys sort of feasted on the carcass of the Longhorns uh, for uh, 13 years. They went nine and four against Texas. Helped uh, one of the reasons Texas is uh, in a, such a 13-year slump because they couldn't beat Oklahoma State. So um, now that Texas is sort of uprised, got the got the program going great again. Good time for them to be leaving. Uh, Oklahoma State can move on to to uh, to other missions. So. I think the program's in good shape. They proved that their culture, maybe wounded a year early, uh, a year ago, uh, had recovered and was doing well. And the new Big 12 is a sort of a bright future. It's a brave new world. All kinds of things are possible, and they don't have to be playing teams, Oklahoma and Texas, that have many more resources, much more tradition, and far better talent. So I think the future, I don't know what the future holds, but the future can be bright for the Cowboys. Well, let's talk about that in a second. But before we do, something you said, again, about that September start, uh, Alan Bowman, after the Big 12 game on Saturday, uh, said something about, you know, nobody in this room, media, and I assume, you know, beyond, uh, thought that, that the Cowboys would be here. That's what he said. You're darn right. We yeah. watched that South Alabama, <laughs> South Alabama game. There's no question we didn't think that OSU would be in that position, uh, for good reason. That, like you said, Barry, no fluke. There was no fluke about that loss that Oklahoma State took on. They got beat every which way. So to to see that game and to have any other conclusion than 
this team is not going to this team is not going to be able to get to the Big 12 title game. I mean, we've talked about it before. You and I sat looked at the schedule and said, "Where's the bowl eligibility uh, you know, minimum? How are they going to get to six wins? Where are four more wins on this schedule for this team?" They obviously well overachieved on where they were at that moment, came together. That's a credit to the coaches. That's a credit to uh, the schemes. That's a credit to the players. I mean, it's a, across the board. Everybody gets to feel good about what Oklahoma State did this year and getting to the Big 12 title game, winning nine games, having a chance in the Texas Bowl to win 10, get to double digits. We'll talk about that matchup in a second. But still, to get beat down like they did, Barry, talking about the future Big 12, does that does the nature of that loss, just getting beat that badly, give you any pause about whether Oklahoma State could become the dominant program in the new look Big 12? I don't think so. Because, tell me if I'm wrong, but we sort of knew what should happen when this Texas team played this OSU team, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, the Longhorns went to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. and. Another game with no fluke. We know how talented OSU is. It's it's a good, solid roster. It's not any kind of elite team. And Texas had a lot to play for. Texas is back. All those things. So it should have been a one-sided game, really. Uh, We kept falling back on the resiliency of this team, the the recent history. Of of the Cowboys standing up to the horns and and slapping them around, but this was not really a traditional Big Twelve championship game or any other major conference championship game. It was a one sided affair, so it shouldn't have been surprising. Maybe some elements of the game were surprising, but the the domination really shouldn't have been surprising. So no, it that shouldn't change my outlook. Um, I do think there are things, you know, when, when this whole thing started about the new look Big 12, even before the Pac-12 guys came over, we thought, you know, OSU's in good shape to do this. When the Pac-12 guys came over, we thought, it's still in good shape. Utah's a load, but, you know. But parity has arrived, particularly in a place like the Big 12, you know, in the last four years. Seven schools have made the Big 12 title game. OSU's the only team that's been twice. So lots of parity. I'm not sure there is going to be a dominant team. Maybe that's my answer is I don't think OSU will be the dominant program because I don't think anybody will be the dominant program. It's going to be charming football. It's not what we're used to. It's not what we see in the SEC, not what we see in the Big Ten. But it's charming football. And as long as you're in the rotation, which OSU has been in the old look Big 12, then I think it's, it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun and interesting uh, coming years for the Cowboys. You say charming. Some OSU fans might say uh, gut-wrenching, heart-churning. I don't know, I don't know what the uh, proper uh, adjectives are, but uh, take, your, take your heart meds if you're a Cowboy fan because I think close games are just going to be the norm. I mean, I think that's sort of the way of the Big 12. I don't see that changing. Um, Oklahoma State's in a great spot to be competitive every time they play a Big 12 game, but I don't necessarily know that they blow a lot of teams out in the Big 12 over the next few years. I mean, 
It'll happen a bit, but I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a week in, week out occurrence. Um, you know, so I would say it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be close. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of, uh, nail biting if you're, if you're a fan of Big 12 teams, especially one like OSU that I think will have yeah. a chance to be a Big 12 title contender. We just don't know. Look, within a season. Yeah. At the end of September, looking at the 2024 Big 12, we thought, OSU's in trouble. You know, yeah. this team stinks. Everything's going downhill. Talking about the newcomers, we thought, here's Dion. Oh, he's going to take over the Big 12. Well, at least Arizona's in the league, and you can whack around Arizona. Two months later, you don't know if Dion can win a game next year. Arizona's ranked 14th, yep. playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl, the number three team in the Pac-12, and OSU was in the Big 12 title game. So it, it's not even year to year anymore. It's just month to month almost. Yeah. So it's, to me, it's, it's, it's fascinating theater. I'm looking forward to it. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I, I can't wait. Yeah, you know, you meant speaking of things we don't know, you mentioned something that we felt like we did know, which was what that Big 12 title game would look like. Before we jump ahead, I want to say one more thing about that. I thought the only recipe for OSU to be in a ball game, maybe have a chance to win, was if Quinn Ewers was going to throw it to the Cowboys as much as he did a year ago in Stillwater. He had three interceptions a year ago in that uh, Texas loss at OSU. He has, I think he's only thrown now six interceptions this entire season. So clearly he's not as interception prone as he was a year ago. But I thought that had to be, that had to be where the, the tide turned for OSU if they were going to stay in that game. And we saw them make a great decision in how they were going to deploy the pass game. They didn't throw it deep very much, Barry. They threw short and they got guys in one on one situations in space. And Oklahoma State was going to have to make a ton of tackles to, to turn uh, those passes into short gains or no gains. Instead, they, they're, you know, you've got talented guys from Texas. They're going to miss tackles occasionally. They're going to, you know, not make good angles. That stuff happened and Texas turned short passes into big gainers. And that was, that was where the, the, that was where things turned. It allowed Quinn Ewers to have fewer uh, you know, high, uh, high percentage chance of maybe being intercepted. I think that was a really smart thing and just really gave Texas, I think, a leg up against Oklahoma State on Saturday. Yeah, you know, Ewers threw the ball to OSU once, Nick Martin right to him. Yep. Almost pick six, three yards from a touchdown. And the Longhorns, I went back and charted it through 29 short passes. By that, I mean, didn't go more than five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Yours was 28 to 29, which is actually, you know, fantastic, but not crazy. I mean, it's not unbelievable because right. they're high percentage passes. Right. And the Longhorns just took those and just did something major with them. And I think it was a 200 and what did I say? 200 and something yards passing off short passes. You can't do that. Those are virtual runs. Yeah. You can't let uh, you can't let people get get uh, that open and that advantageous in the uh, on the perimeter. And yet Texas has the talent to do that. Cowboys were hard pressed. OSU linebackers were really stretched uh, sideline to sideline. Uh, Jatavion Sanders, a tight end, is a total load. Xavier Worthy's all American caliber um, coming out of the backfield. All those guys, you know, the fourteen tailback. Uh, Robinson had a 57-yard touchdown run. So 
it was it was a talent mismatch. Uh, you know what? Texas had a whole bunch of Ollie Gordons. That's what <laughs> that's what was going on in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now uh, Oklahoma State's uh, attention obviously turns to the portal. It turns to early signing day, but it also turns to a Texas Bowl date with Texas A&M, a team going through a coaching change, maybe more uh, portal defections as well for them, depending on how things go with the uh, the changeover now at coaching. How does this opportunity look to you, Barry? Is it uh, you know is it a good opportunity? Is it a sign that these minor bowl games have lessened status. What does all this wrap up and look like to you? Clearly a lesser status game. Uh, We saw that with OSU last year playing Wisconsin. If you're telling me OSU's going to play Wisconsin in football, you got to be kidding me. That'd be great. The Badgers, you know, that rock'em, sock'em football they've been good at now for 30-something years. Uh, Cowboys never play Wisconsin. This is great. You know what? It wasn't that great. Both teams had a bunch of opt-outs. Uh, both teams playing backup quarterbacks. Just it was sort of it was, it was a drag. It was a total drag, and that's what modern minor bowl games are like. So, as much as you want to get excited about it, it's very difficult to. Now, uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't win. Doesn't mean a victory wouldn't help. You know, if if the Cowboys can beat Texas A&M with an interim coach. Wisconsin had an interim coach last year also. I don't did Luke Fickle? I don't think Luke was the head coach in that game, I don't think. He was on the sideline yeah, in my memory, sideline, but he didn't coach. I don't coach. think he coached it. I can't even remember. Yeah. But uh, another interim, interim coach, A&M has hired Mike Elko away from Duke. Uh, Elijah Robinson is the interim coach at, uh, at Aggie Land. I have not heard about their plans for the game itself. Who knows what they're going to do. But if you're going to go down there and put on the uniforms and have the anthem and all that kind of stuff, might as well win. Somebody's going to get it. Hey, we count all these games when OSU's playing South Dakota State and OU's playing Western Carolina and all that stuff. I'm going to count the games when they're playing Wisconsin and Texas A&M. Yeah. So go beat them. It's a victory. It would be a victory over an SEC team. Uh, you got another one coming up uh, in a second game of the year or third against Arkansas next year. Hey. Uh, go beat the Aggies. A lot of people have. So I think it's a good opportunity, and I just think it's going to be a little bit of an eh environment. Texas A&M fans won't be fired up. OSU fans won't be fired up. A lot of the Aggies won't be fired up. A lot of the Cowboys won't be fired up. But the ones that do that do show up, the ones that do play, you know, I hope we have a good game and be very good for OSU to put it in the win column. Hey, that'd be ten wins. Exactly, be ten wins and. You know, OSU's been in the habit of getting to 10 wins uh, over the years. Um, didn't last year, but did in 21. Would have in 2020 with a full schedule. The COVID got us. Um, what was it? Uh, 15, 16, 17 with Mason. I think they got to 10 wins. So a bunch of 10-win seasons here in yeah. the last 12 years. Put another one in the vault. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that 10 wins is something that's aspirational and and you want to get that as often as you can. It's going to be interesting to see who is available uh, once the Cowboys head down to Houston for this game. I mean, obviously, we don't know what the portal is going to look like. You referenced it earlier, Barry, that, you know, Cowboys had a, a, a list of guys that jumped in the portal as soon as it opened a year ago, but then lost more after the game. So it's impossible to know who's going to be available. You know, I, I think 
if we look up the road or down the road in Norman, it looks like their bowl game is going to be very much a look towards next year with some young guys getting chances to play. But, you know, who Oklahoma State has in this game, Alan Bowman, the question of, you know, does he apply for another year? I assume even if he does and they don't know what's going on there, he's going to play. Uh, you know, so we don't, I don't think we'll get a look at other younger quarterbacks that are on the roster. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see as guys make decisions what doors that opens of opportunity to maybe get an early look at who might be starters next year or, frankly, who might, what areas of this team OSU might need to go out in the portal and fortify. You know, there's all sorts of uh, things that can be garnered from uh, a game, even if it is against an A&M team that is less than. And I tell you what, if a guy like Ollie Gordon does return for Oklahoma State, I have zero doubt he'll be fired up to play against Texas A&M. I assume that Texas A&M was one of those teams that might not have thought too highly of him in recruiting. He'll probably want to beat him just like he wanted to beat Texas. <laughs> all sorts of things we'll find out in the coming weeks, but that's all the time we've got this week. Remember, the Cowboys do play Texas A&M 8 p.m. on December 27th in Houston's Texas Bowl. Between now and then, we'll be covering the Cowboys recruiting and the transfer portal. Check us out at selloutcrowd.com, and we're also at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. This happens to be the first time hearing or watching us. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>